thank you very much for rejoining us as we explore a few more helpful ideas about A Course in Miracles. It seems like when you know more about a work like this, you are more inclined to take advantage of what it has to offer. It's trying to help us be happier, so we should pay attention to that and try to cooperate as best we can. So we might ask, how is this material qualified to be a guide to our happiness? Well, first of all, it's a restatement of perennial wisdom. That means wisdom that's been around for as, as long as we can go back, many thousands of years. It's referred to as directly cognized material. That means people didn't sit around and say, gee whiz, let's think up some intellectual ideas and put them forward. This came as a body of information. And of course, the people to whom it came were more than surprised to be receiving it and recognized they could not possibly have done this themselves. It's ancient wisdom, actually eternal wisdom, packaged for our time and is not the private property of A Course in Miracles. These are eternal truths. This is not the first time these ideas have shown up on the planet. Some people have an issue with the Christian language, just as some have objections to using masculine verbiage. Others are upset about the Christian language and wonder if this is supposed to be a religion. It was not presented with the idea that it would be a religion. In fact, someone asked Helen a long time ago, why is it written in this language? Why could it not have been written in psychological terms or as Buddhist material or ancient Jewish material or just in plain old common language? And the response she got was, because she asked of the source, because of all of the world's major religions today, Christianity is most misunderstood. So since this work has to be written in some language, that's what showed up. So one should ask, since this is called A Course in Miracles, what does a miracle mean? It doesn't mean something supernatural. The miracle is not the physical thing that happens. The physical thing that happens is a result of the miracle, which is invisible. So what does it mean? It means a shift in perception. Bill Thetford, one of the scribes, used to say, miracles are those shifts in perception that help us become aware of love's presence. At first, not yet understanding what that meant, the scribes said, after all, Bill and Helen were very sophisticated, brilliant professors at Columbia University. Couldn't we call this something besides A Course in Miracles? This really sounds really quite flaky because they still at that point misunderstood what the word miracle was all about. So the author was very clear, no, this is the title. And they learned after a while it could not possibly be anything else. So perception means not only what we see, but how we see it. And the fact of our unhappiness is because we are not perceiving correctly. Our focus is too narrowed. To give you an idea that I think you can relate to, 
If you've ever sat glued to a television set with something that you found enchanting or entrancing, for that moment, with your narrowed focus, all of the furniture and the paintings and the dog at your feet and whatever else is in your room where you happen to be watching might as well have been carted off because at that point you have no awareness that it's there. Only when you finish watching what you're watching do you just kind of look around and, oh, yes, I'm in this room. We do it so automatically we don't even become aware of that. So in like manner... Our perception of things, when viewed through eyes of fear, which all of us have a great deal of, we are not aware of many things that are here for us. We're not aware of how lovely life can be. We're not aware of how much it supports us. We're not aware, and nor can we feel, how much we are beloved. So the Introduction to the text says, in one of its sentences, it's a very short introduction, this course is not about teaching the meaning of love, because that's beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. And what can the blocks be except all of our fears and all of the ways they show up? So, You might ask, and you should ask, well, how is the Course going to help with this? If indeed my problem is I'm driven by too much fear, much of it unconscious, how is this going to happen? The Course is going to help us, to use more modern language, rewire our brains. It offers us something to contemplate. There's a saying within the neuroscientific world that says that the neurons that fire together wire together. What that means to us is when we associate ideas in our minds, they become stronger and pretty soon they become the predominant pathway, so to speak, rather than whatever was there before. It's not that they compete, one replaces the other. So the Course offers us all of these lessons for contemplation. Contemplation is not effort. It's also not silencing the mind like meditation is designed to do. This is to contemplate or to think about or to roll around some ideas in your mind that you now want to relate. Unfortunately, what we now have wired together is I'm not okay, or I don't measure up, or I don't deserve, or all sorts of things that couldn't possibly be anything but fear-inducing. So the purpose of the Course is to rewire those ideas. To give you an example, if you take lesson number 67 that says, Love created me like itself. Most of us don't believe that. It says, Today's idea is a complete and accurate statement of what you are. Now, most of us do not have wired together the presence of myself and loving, eternal, precious, amazing beings. And that's unfortunate since that's what we are. So in a couple of paragraphs down, it says, in the longer practice period, we will think about your reality and its wholly changed and unchangeable nature. We could take out the word think and put contemplate. We can contemplate this. 
And then it goes on to say, we will begin by repeating this truth about you, i.e., we want to get you rewired, and then spend a few minutes adding some relevant thoughts, such as, holiness created me holy, kindness created me kind, helpfulness created me helpful, perfection created me perfect. Now, when you start out this course, we don't believe this. That's because we've got something else too small wired in. But as you begin to do what it asks, do not try to figure this out. You're not trying to learn facts. This is rewiring. This is associating actually you with being kind and helpful and holy. And it asks you to just think about that. Not how did that happen, but how would life be if I really lived as a beloved and holy and kind and helpful person? So it's that rolling those ideas around in your mind. And over and over and over, the lessons invite us to do that. Now, as you do, as that rewiring happens, your frequency rises because, after all, we are primarily energy fields. We're associated with forms, but that's secondary. So as our frequency rises, our perception changes. Perception changes because you remember we said last time that all of the cells in your body are always listening what they're listening to are those ideas that you believe about yourself. And they are always responding with a different experience in your outer life, different emotional states. So everything seems to be different, and it's all a function of your deciding to change your mind about yourself. Blocks are removed. There seems to be more opportunity and more love in your life. So what could not be more wonderful than that? So A Course in Miracles is our great advocate in raising the frequency so that our birthright of love, which is always here but unknown to us, can become apparent once more. Okay, I hope you find that helpful, and we'll continue on with some more ideas about the Course that will make it ever more appealing to you. 